Amen. I know that to be true. I don't know if, can you hear me? I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear myself. <laughs> Two nods for yes, one nod for no. Okay. <laughs> can hear me. Amen. Thankful for the presence of the Lord. I feel here tonight. And of course, as always, I'm honored and blessed to, to be with you. And I know that uh, this is no small thing. I believe the Lord has uh, something specific in store for tonight, and so I just want to do my small part in that. Amen. Uh, you can all be seated. I feel like I'm here a little bit more. <laughs> I know I talk quiet, but oh, okay, there we go. That's good. That's good. Amen. Like I said, as always, it's so great to so great to see all of you. I think I know or at least have met about 90%, maybe 95% of you here. Um, so that's always one of the the joys is coming and and seeing uh, seeing new new faces um, each time I come. Um, so for those of you who, who don't know or may not know, I, I serve in the uh, Union Gap congregation, so I don't just only come to church when, when I'm asked to speak. <laughs> I am uh, helping out there a little bit. Um, I, of course, give honor to, to Bishop and Sister Schoonover and my parents and uh, the Flowers as well. All, all individuals who I know, not only from my life, but yours, have, have planted, watered, and, and just sown uh, abundantly over the years. And for me, almost all three of them have, have uh, planted in my life for the entirety of my life. And I know I'm, I'm who I am much because of that. And, you know, the scripture Paul says in Corinthians that some plant, and some water, but God gives the increase. And what that tells me is that we have a part in, in what's going to grow, what's going to come to fruition in, in the lives of people at times. But all of the credit and all the glory for it can only be given to God. Because we can plant the seed, but we have no part in, in uh, making it do its thing <laughs> in the ground, whatever... Uh, Whatever takes place there is all because of God. And so I feel like tonight, I feel like with the help of the Lord, I believe I'm here just to do a little bit of that, a little bit of planting, maybe a little bit of watering, uh, just pouring out. I just feel to pour out some things that the Lord has placed uh, into me over the last couple of weeks and and couple of days, even last few hours. Um, so if you have your Bibles and would turn with me to the book of Psalms, Amen. Psalm chapter 16, Amen. keep my... Uh, Keep my parents in, in your prayers as they travel. Um, they are spending some time together, and uh, 
then going to make their way over to uh, hear someone's uh, graduation pretty soon. And so excited for them and for that. Uh, Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. It says, Thou will show me the path of life. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm interested in a path that leads to life and not the opposite. <laughs> and the psalmist is speaking here, saying that the Lord will show him the path of life. And he says, and this is kind of the descriptor, you see the, the colon there. You will show me the path of life, and this is kind of a descriptor of what the path of life looks like. It says, in thy presence is fullness of joy, or a satisfying abundance of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore, or there's, there's pleasant things, there's delightful things forevermore or, or in an everlasting way. And we, we all are probably aware and know that we live in a, a temporal world, and each of us included in our, our flesh, our bodies, are, are temporal, uh, yet we, we have this challenge of, of satisfying an eternal hunger and an eternal longing uh, that is within us. And of course, the, the scheme and, and the, the way that the enemy works, we even see it from the very beginning, the first two people on the earth, the enemy coming and, and tempting uh, Eve, saying, you know, look at this. Is, isn't it good to, to look upon this, this here fruit, whatever, whatever it was? And Eve, Eve caved to what looked good to her eye and what looked good in the natural, in the flesh, in the temporal. And she caved. And, and by that, by, uh, by their sin, her and Adam's sin, sin entered into the world for the first time. And we've been essentially paying the price and struggling with that ever since. And thankfully, by the grace of God, we can overcome. But you know what I, the Lord's been dealing with me about, and I realize is that even having the understanding and the knowledge that in his presence is a fullness of joy, a, a satisfying abundance of joy, even with that knowledge, I at times can still be tempted to try to find joy or satisfaction in, in other things. And so many of us, I'm sure, are victim to this, whether you have a, an iPhone or an Android, and it, it tells you your screen time, uh, and, and specifically for which apps. Isn't that the worst feature ever? That <laughs> just, man, makes you just feel so great about yourself. But it makes me realize that I have to be honest with myself that, man, at times I'm looking for a satisfaction to this emptiness, and that's what really, I, as I was thinking of this scripture, if, if the path of life looks like a fullness of joy in the presence of God and, and pleasures forevermore at his right hand, then what does the path of death look like? 
Well, I think I have a pretty good idea. It's, it's pretty much the opposite of those things, and it is. it can be assumed that the path of death is, is the opposite, and so it's instead of being in his presence, it's a separation from him and his presence. And isn't it interesting that the very first sin that we see that took place in the garden, the result of it was a separation from God. And Adam and Eve were removed from the garden, that place that they had of daily communion, of daily coming into his, his presence and walking with him in the cool of the day. That one act of their sin, and the Lord told them, he said, if, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. And so what, what did Satan, what did the deceiver do? He comes and he deceives and says, you, you won't surely die. The Lord just doesn't want you to be like him. He knows if you eat this, you'll be like him, and you'll know good and evil. And they were convinced of that and ate the fruit anyway. And, of course, they, they didn't die instantaneously in the natural, uh, but it gives us this revelation that a separation from God truly is a, a form of death. It's a spiritual death. If we're not living in close proximity of God and in his presence, then one, we can't have fullness of joy, and two, we don't have life. That's, I, I don't know, I, I'm sure we could spend the rest of the night going around the room uh, one by one, individuals telling of, of their lives and things that, that we've all done, whether it was before we came to know the Lord or even as we've had our struggles just of life back and forth, and we could go around the room and each of us tell the things that we've done to try to satisfy that emptiness or that longing, to try to satisfy and, and get a, a joy that only God can give. And so often it's, it's sparked by what seems to be so simple, and it's just a, a temptation or something that looks pleasing to our eyes, something that sounds good in the moment. And, of course, it's, it's temporary. It's temporal, and it passes by. So the opposite of path of life, it's separation from him and his presence. And instead of fullness of joy, it's an emptiness. And it's instead of a satisfying abundance, it's an abundant dissatisfaction. And instead of joy, it's sorrow. And, of course, instead of being at his right hand, it's being far from his hand. With pleasures, yes, but it's, it's pleasures that are opportunities, benefits, and conveniences of sin that last only for a temporary season. The scripture is probably familiar to many of us. Um, Hebrews chapter eleven. If you if you would like to turn there, and this is it's in the New Testament, but it's speaking of most of us know this is the chapter of faith or the heroes of faith, the hall of faith, whatever you want to call it, of all these individuals who lived by faith and they walked by faith. And Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty four. It gives us this um, flashback to an Old Testament 
individual who, verse 24, who by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, so when he was adult, when he could make his own decisions, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. And watch this. He chose that rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, for a temporal time. These pleasures that, you know, you could touch, that you could interact with, that you could engage with, but would soon be fleeting and would soon leave you, of course, in a state of, once again, emptiness, (laughs) unfulfilled, uh, not having joy. The Verse 26 says that he, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. This is, and this always amazes me because this is Old Testament. It's, it's hundreds, if not a, maybe even a few thousand years before Christ. But he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than that and those things of Egypt. And so he had a, a spiritual understanding and, and in faith a spiritual vision to see. And, and we could have kept reading on there. It talks about how he saw the things that were eternal, though they were invisible. And sometimes the, the things that are eternal are just that. We don't see them with our natural eye. And so our flesh is like, man, I know that that's better for me. I know that being in my word, being in his presence, staying at his right hand is is really what's good for me, but I don't see the instant gratification of it like I do with Netflix or <laughs> whatever that gives us maybe, you know, that boost of whatever it gives. I don't even know. It's usually just leaves me feeling worse and wishing I would have just read a book or something. Um, if that's too honest, apologize. <laughs> But that, that really is the temptation of, of the enemy is to, is to fill our time with, with things that will just leave us feeling unsatisfied. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned at the beginning, and we all probably know it, whether we know scriptures for it or not. But Jesus, of course, is the only one that can satisfy in, in the way that truly satisfies us. Sure, even there with, with Moses, it mentioned that there's pleasures of sin. So the Lord's not denying that sin can have pleasure, <laughs> that there's pleasure to it. And I had this thought that if it's, if it's pleasurable to you and if it's something that's temporal, uh, then oftentimes it has the potential to be sin. <laughs> and, of course, that's not the case for everything, right? Like, I like eating ice cream, uh, Hopefully that's not sin every time I eat it, <laughs> and I don't think it is unless I get real sad and eat the whole tub, <laughs> which I've done once or twice, and just being honest. <laughs> and of course, it's in those moments of, of sadness where I don't have the joy of the Lord <laughs> that I realize, okay, I need to turn away from this temporal thing that I think is what I need to satisfy this emptiness in me and realize that it's not this ice cream. <laughs> it can fill my stomach and 
make me happy maybe for a moment. And I know that's a silly example, but I think it's probably relatable whether you want to admit it or not. Amen. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Ecclesiastes 6 and 7. If you ever get if you ever get too caught up with like natural or temporal things, um, read the book of Ecclesiastes because <laughs> it just makes you realize everything is just vanity and and <laughs> it's all gonna pass away anyway. And kind of sounds like a really like pessimistic guy who wrote Ecclesiastes. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter six verse seven. It says, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. The New King James says, and yet the soul is not satisfied. It doesn't matter how much you and I labor, and whether we labor for a job that compensates us really well, <laughs> It doesn't matter how much we labor. Look at, look at Bill Gates. Look at whoever else. I don't want to say names, but you know, look at these individuals who have divorces. Who they, if if they're honest with themselves, they don't have that satisfaction in their soul, though their labors have have proven to uh, bring a lot of return to them. And maybe you and I have had that thought. I've probably I've had that thought at times. Man, Lord, if I like this job is really tough, but if I push through and get that raise and can afford this thing, then then I'll be okay for a little bit. And of course, then I get that raise by that thing. <laughs> that thing gets old. And then I'm like, man, now what? And the emptiness is still there. If I'm not continuing in his presence. Uh, jump back with me a couple chapters to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Brother uh, Jerry, I don't know if you have the Amplified back there. If not, you guys can just either flip there on your Bible app or uh, listen along. But Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 This, this, this verse right here is going to prove to us this, this emptiness that we have without the Lord and that he's the only one that can satisfy it. Is that the Amplified? Sweet. Awesome. 3 verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He, has, he also has planted eternity in man's hearts and minds. And this is the expounded portion of that, of that. It says, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. An eternity planted in our hearts that nothing in this age can satisfy. I think God put that there on purpose, 
I don't think he did it just to torture us and cause us to go through life eating tubs of ice cream, <laughs> wondering why we keep getting to the bottom and don't have, be overfilled and have a fullness of joy. But it's because he, he put that there with only one answer, only one solution, only one thing that could satisfy that eternal the eternal void, essentially, that's within us. And it, it seems like an obvious thing, yet, yet we try to do it, but it's based on, on that, that, that there's eternity planted in our hearts. And, and, of course, in this expounded version, too, it says that nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. It, it makes me wonder that why we don't realize that nothing temporal, nothing temporal can satisfy. And so oftentimes, I, I'm just, again, just being honest tonight, there's so many things that, whether it's the screen time or the whatever, you fill in the blank, that I have to be honest with myself and admit that, man, these things that I'm doing, in reality, if it's me avoiding the presence of God, which I know sometimes might bring conviction, might bring a a little bit of a difficulty with my current state or where, where my heart is. If I'm avoiding that place and doing all these other things, then really I'm, I'm lying to myself because I'm, I'm trying to satisfy that. And, and in the world, the, the amount of media and entertainment that, that we consume, the amount of streaming platforms and and the fact that YouTube is the number one search engine in the world is such a testament to the fact that, well, one, people are looking. People are searching. And it's not just because people enjoy being entertained, but because there is, in a sense, there is that need to be entertained because there's an emptiness. Because there's a void. <laughs> and without something to fill it, then then they're left there in silence with the with the haunting thought of, man, I don't have this purpose working in me. Uh, my life, what is the meaning of my life? Yeah, maybe I have a family. I have a good job. Maybe I'm Steve Jobs. and Whoops, Steve Jobs is dead, isn't he? My bad. <laughs> Bill Gates, one of those guys that has a ton of money. Well, he, and Steve Jobs, right? He's had all that money, but he didn't take it with him. It was temporal. It was fleeting. It couldn't satisfy like the Lord can, like the Holy Ghost can fill and satisfy us. And I, just, I, I, I want to just read the, uh, that verse in, in Psalms where I started. It says that thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What the Lord has, has really been confronting me with lately is, if I believe that the word of God is true, which I do, and if I believe this scripture is true, then any moment and any time when I don't feel satisfied, 
when I don't feel the fullness of joy, if my first response isn't to get into his presence, then really I'm a liar. (laughs) If I say I believe the word, if I say it's true, there's a a passage in Matthew, and I, I thought I had it marked here, but most of you probably know it. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially it says that we can't serve two masters. I've, I've been thinking about that and another verse, um, but that one as well. I, and I've been thinking about it in this way of, of verses that I wish weren't in the scripture. <laughs> Obviously, that's in my flesh and kind of humorously, but it's because they confront me in my carnality at times, when I'm trying to serve two masters, (laughs) right? When I'm trying to, when I'm toiling, when I'm laboring and and doing these things to try to bring, bring some sense of fulfillment or satisfaction, but then I, you know, clean myself up, get my, get my act together and try to get to church on Sunday so that he can satisfy, so that I can feel a touch of his presence, and what's convicted me with that passage is not only that we can't serve two masters, but what the result of trying is, is that we hate one and we love the other. We cling to one and we despise the other. And obviously I am I'm not perfect. <laughs> And I know none of you are, thank the Lord. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd feel pretty stupid up here. (laughs) But it, it really puts things into perspective when I when I find myself searching or or scrolling or surfing or whatever to satisfy. But then realize if that's if if I'm trying to satisfy in that way, what it's proving is a hatred towards the things of God. And obviously I know, no, Lord, that's I don't I don't hate you. I don't hate the things of you. And so I'm thankful for his his mercy, thankful for his grace that allows me to run back run to the throne of grace, say, God, my actions today, yesterday, this week, have, have really, according to the word of God, proved that I hate those things, my flesh. And, of course, we know it's, uh, Paul talks about, and I think it's Corinthians or, or Romans, that the, uh, the things he wishes he could do, he doesn't do. And those things that he doesn't want to do, he does. And what is that? That's, of course, it's the fact that we have the Spirit of God still in this human flesh, this temporal flesh. And so there is that struggle when we're not in full yield, when we're not in full submission to the things of God. There's, a, there's that, that pull back and forth like it's playing tug-of-war inside of us, trying to satisfy the things in my flesh, but then knowing no those things are temporal. Really where my satisfaction is is in the eternal things 
of God, the things that are abundantly satisfying and pleasures forevermore or everlasting pleasures. You know, there's another lie of, this is one of the biggest lies of, of the enemy, is that if you come to, to the Lord or come to church or, you know, come into Christianity, give your life to the Lord, one of the biggest lies is that you have no fun anymore. <laughs> there's no enjoyment in life because you, you, know, you shouldn't watch this or shouldn't go there, probably shouldn't hang out with those people. And it's like, man. All those things, those places, and those people are the most fun. <laughs> They're the worst influences, though. <laughs> it's like, what's up with that, Lord? But then I realized, but in his presence, there's pleasure forevermore. And it's all about my perspective of whether it's going to be temporal pleasure that's for a season or whether it's going to be eternal pleasure that doesn't leave me feeling condemnation, doesn't leave me feeling, you know, bad about myself, believes me with a, a fullness, a satisfaction that only he can bring. Amen. Why don't we, can we stand tonight? I feel like I feel like that the Lord, um, as I was praying about about being here and and what I would share, I feel like the Lord kind of gave me this 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 picture, this image of of what He wanted to do. And I believe he's I believe he's gonna do it. You know, we we can so we so oftentimes can come and into the house of the Lord with, with the body of Christ and have a service with you know with music that's anointed and we can feel the presence of God and get that glimpse of what what his joy feels like and but then we leave and we have all the all the pressures of life and the job that we have to go back to and you know the 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 circumstances of of life and the difficulties that that brings and we can think man okay god i i can i know i can have joy on the good days but man these days i don't know these days is just meant for bad, to be bad <laughs> and it's gloomy and nothing's going my way and dealing with loss and I'm mourning but it's even in those times that we can have the joy of the Lord that is our strength that satisfies us what I feel like and I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor this in any way but what I feel like that the Lord kind of showed me that he wanted to do and maybe in in a way it's as, as a confirmation of, of his word. Uh, and I don't need, um, and I know the Lord doesn't either, but a, a, anyone to raise your hand, but just kind of raise your mental hand. 
<laughs> if if you can be honest with yourself and admit or say that you know what I'm at this current state I'm I'm not I don't have the fullness of joy or the fullness of the joy of the Lord in me like I believe that the word of God is talking about and is possible and like I said, raise your mental hand. <laughs> and of course, the, the result of not having that joy is the emptiness and then the things that the world likes to fill into that void, which is the sorrow, the depression, you know, the anger, the fear. All those things that are opposite of, of joy, opposite of satisfaction. And, and then the second thing that I, I feel like that the Lord kind of directed me in, and we're going we're gonna to pray here in a moment, and I believe that, that God's going to, if anything, give you revelation of his fullness of joy and revelation of his his peace and his rest that can come when we lay our burdens on him when we take his yoke upon us the the bible says that all you who are who labor that's an active right and then all you who are heavy laden even that's the passive <laughs> You don't even have to be doing anything. You're just heavy laden. And all you who labor, come to me. I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. So those two categories, if you raise your mental hand, I believe you have. The Lord already knows who we are. I believe that the Lord's going to do a work and show us what this looks like, what we can live in on a daily basis. Amen. Can we, can we close our eyes and, and talk to the Lord for a moment? Jesus, in your name. In your name, Father. Lord, we lay hold upon your word, and I pray that you would confirm your word, Jesus, with signs following. Lord, we know you know that you know the ones, Jesus, who were, who were burdened. You know the ones, God, who are weary, who are heavy laden. Father, I pray that they would take your yoke upon you, that you would give them rest right now in the name of Jesus, that they would lay their burdens down, that they would lay their yoke upon you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. 
God, we give you our emptiness. We give you every unsatisfaction. Father, when we pray that you would satisfy, I pray you fill us with the fullness of joy. Fill us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God, we lay it down. We lay it down, Jesus. We lay it down. We come into your presence, Lord, where there's fullness of joy. We come to your right hand, Father. We come to your right hand, Father. This front is open if you feel to respond tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 